Testing, testing, one, two, one, two. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is uh, the latest episode of As the Sports World Burns. My name is Tony Burns. 30-year sports writer for uh, Union County, Arkansas. Uh, it's been a while. I uh, apologize for the delay in recordings. Been kind of a hectic two weeks. The weather we got a real cold stretch of weather, and it messed with my uh, health a little bit. Got got a little cold, and uh, the COVID been canceling games right and left. And I've just been uh, I don't know. It's an excuse, and you don't care. So, uh, but I will try to be more consistent with these. Uh, I do apologize. Thank you for your patience. Um, actually, one reason, uh, one thing I've been busy with is the um, National Football College Signing Day is approaching. It's next week, Wednesday, February the second. Um, we have um, already had a few uh, young men who have uh, verbally committed. They cannot sign. Any scholarships or letters of intent until Wednesday, February the second, as, as I said. But uh, um, so far, uh, just today, Elredis quarterback verbally committed to Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas. Uh, it's a Division One school. Um, I know he was really hoping to get that Division One offer. It's the first one he got. Very surprising that he only received the one D one offer. He had several D two offers, but. Um, if he signs with Lamar, I think um, I think Lamar's getting a steal. What's Lamar? The Cardinals. I think they were. I think he would be the jewel of their signing class once he signs with them. Uh, other Eldorado kids who have uh, verbally committed, and uh, hopefully we'll go through with the signing next week. Um, wide receiver Jackie Washington uh, verbally committed to Southern Arkansas University. Um, and the linebacker Patrick Sixby also committed to the Mule Riders at SAU. Linebacker Jaron Stewart has verbally committed to Arkansas Tech. And offensive lineman Devin Walter has committed to Henderson State. Uh, I think his brother is currently on the roster at Henderson State. Uh, and I'm sure there will be a few more, a um, couple more from El Dorado, and hopefully from some kids from around the county. Um, I know Strong had a couple of really uh, outstanding players and uh, maybe smack over Junction, I'm not sure, but. We'll see. Um, also, while we're on the subject of um, local kids playing college football, uh, Smackover's Jordan Jones, who played wide receiver for the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. This season is uh, entered the transfer portal, and he will be transferring to Missouri State for his final year. Parker's Chapel running back, Dez Jackson, who played at Oklahoma State will transfer uh, to Sam Houston State for his final season. And former El Dorado running back, fullback, um, John Moose Johnson, he played at Oklahoma State many, many moons ago. He's uh, he's now a college assistant coach. He's a running backs coach. And he has accepted a running backs job as the running backs coach at Sam Houston. So he will be with Des Jackson, kind of a – Small world thing there, two uh, running backs from Union County uh, meeting up in in, uh, in the college ranks of Sam Houston. So that should be interesting. I'm looking forward to talking to those guys and 
see if that was some kind of a plan or if that was just kind of a, um, what's, what's the word, happenstance? I'm not sure what the word is for that, but uh, got a lot of movement going around. Um, I'm going to talk about the NCAA transfer portal a little bit. Um, speaking of that, um, uh, these kids are making these, uh, these these decisions, and honestly, it used to be a really life-altering decision. I remember uh, when they were telling these um, high school kids when they were trying to figure out where they wanted to go to college, people were telling them, you know, this is a very important decision. This decision is where, this is where you'll be for the next four years of your life. Uh, which puts a lot of pressure on that decision. Uh, it's not the case anymore. The transfer portal has made it um, easy to get out of a bad situation. If you make a bad choice or if something's not what you thought it was going to be, it's really easy to get out of it. Um, people are complaining about it. it. It's, I guess, tough on college coaches. Uh, I don't really care. College coaches are mega rich, so they can deal with it. I don't care about colleges. Uh, colleges make more money off the kids, so I think it's a good thing for the for the for the students. Students don't have, don't have anything going for them. The least they can do, if they're in a bad spot, if they can't get to play, if for whatever reason the coach changes, they can get out of that bad situation just by entering the portal, and it's uh, it's a good thing. I know locally, um, one of our our local softballers, Drew Thomas from Parker's Chapel. Uh, she committed to a play softball at Drexel University, which is in Philadelphia. And I remember she committed in her junior year. And I, I remember asking her kind of, you know, are you sure you want to go that far away from home? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And as every high school kid is looking forward to getting away from home, uh, but then when you finally do it, it's not quite what you were thinking about. And so uh, uh, she Reported to Philadelphia, uh, I guess in the fall. In the in the fall, and by Thanksgiving, she uh, kind of got a note from her saying she entered the transfer portal. <laughs> she started to get closer to home, so uh, it worked out well for her. She transferred to Memphis, which is probably a better situation. But if not for the transfer portal, she would be stuck in Philadelphia. Uh, so it's a good thing. Uh, and so uh, for all these young men who are signing on the dotted line next week. You're not stuck. You're not handcuffed to that situation. Hopefully it'll work out. Hopefully you made the right decision. But if you didn't, enter the portal and go somewhere else. Start the recruiting process all over again. Um, before I go, I'm going to make this one kind of short and sweet. Um, my last couple of Episode's been longer than I wanted, so I'm trying to I'm trying to cut these down. Top five list this week. We're gonna stay on the football theme. Top five college football programs. I won't say of all time, but let's just go back to the 70s. Uh this is my top five list of the top five college football programs of all the times. Starting with the 70s. <laughs> um Number five, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. Uh, Notre Dame could be number one, uh, but nah. They have um, 11 national championships. The first was in 1919. The last was in 1988. Uh, But uh, 
nobody likes Notre Dame. Uh, they got their own network and they're a bunch of spoiled snobs, and I enjoy watching them get beat. But begrudgingly, you have to admit, they're a traditional football powerhouse. So Notre Dame at number five. Number four, we're going to go with Nebraska. And you young people think Nebraska sucks. Nebraska is not very good right now. Nebraska was once one of the powerhouses in college football. Uh, they um, had a record 34 consecutive victories. Uh, they have um, about five national championships. And they, the Cornhuskers, when I was growing up, it was Nebraska and Oklahoma every year. The winner went to the Orange Bowl and was in, in a contention for a national championship every year. And uh, Tom, when Tom Osborne retired, that's when Nebraska's program took a dip. But even though they haven't been very good in a while, from what they did in the 70s, 80s, and into the 90s, you can't go. I mean, Nebraska's ridiculous. Number three, Miami, the U, University of Miami. Uh 2001, I believe, was their last national championship. They won four. They were contention for a lot more. Um, you know, the Rock went to Miami. Miami's probably produced as many NFL players in the past 20 years as anybody, maybe. Uh, they just uh, – they had a decade of dominance. They, Miami wasn't as good for as long as some of these other schools. But when Miami was good, they were very good. They were scary good. So, yeah. Uh, Miami in there, number three. Um, where we got? Let's go number two, Oklahoma. You don't understand. You don't realize how good Oklahoma, how long Oklahoma's been a powerhouse. Um, I go back to the days of um, Barry Switzer, uh, but be, even before that, Bud Wilkinson, and um, I can't think of the guy before him. But you know, Oklahoma's been good forever. And Bob Stooks took over and kept the program up there. And I don't know who will be the coach next, but uh, Dell Oklahoma is always in there in the hunt. They had, uh, I think, uh, I think it's a national record, 47 consecutive victories, seven national championships, Boomer Sooner. And number one, Alabama. Alabama, the Crimson Tide. If you think the Crimson Tide – for all you young folks have just been good in the 2000s. You have no idea how wrong you are. Uh, Bear Bryant had, it was Alabama's been good since at least the 60s and 70s, and they're still good in 2021. Um, 18 national championships. First one was in 1925. Uh, the winning percentage is 73.2%, all time. All time, uh, nine forty-two wins, three hundred thirty-two losses, forty-three ties. That's ridiculous. Uh, but um, so that's it. My top five: Alabama, the number one college football program of all the times. Roll Tide, whatever. Uh, and that's it for today. Thank you for listening. As you were.